Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology, because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. I am not here today. I miss you guys so much. This is week number two of my sabbatical, but in my stead today, we have someone who I'm so, so, so excited for uh, to be uh, bringing the word to you guys. And uh, his name is Nick Bose. I've had the opportunity of running with him for several months. He's in the process of becoming a licensed minister with Foursquare. He's a fiery man of God, and he has some solid word of God, some solid revelation for you. Um, and so be ready for that today. I'm excited. Um, I've been waiting for this. I'm excited. I, I love coming before God's people and bringing a word and, and just hopefully, you know, bringing some revelation, bringing some conviction, bringing some ideas. What? Oh, sorry. And we can release the kids. <laughs> Be free. So if you want to go to kids church, you can tell us the first time I've done this and we're kind of ad-libbing and that's okay because, you know, sometimes you got to get outside the box. And so that's all right. Um, first and foremost, though, I'd like to thank Pastor Ben and Alicia uh, in their absence for just um, trusting me to be up here and to bring the word of God today uh, to the congregation they've been entrusted with. Um, that's a huge thing, and I don't take that lightly. I mean, it shouldn't be taken lightly. So, oh, man, today, you know, today, literally today, seven years ago, um, I had brain surgery, and I had three tumors removed. And uh, it's also, it was my son's second birthday, and Today, obviously, it's his birthday. He's nine. So um, for me, that's phenomenal because I would have been a waste of society. I would have been the throwouts. I would have been, you know, um, the people that society overlooks and says, well, you did it to yourself. So tough. I was one of those guys. And, and God saved me for such a time as this. And wherever you are in your life and whatever your tumor, quote unquote, is, like God can remove that. And, and set you up for success in his kingdom, to do the works of the ministry, to live, and, and to be a testimony um, to his people that God transforms. If you would have told me I'd be doing this seven years ago, I wouldn't have laughed because I believed in God, but I would have thought you were nuts for sure um, because I've seen some wild Christians. I'm not going to lie. I've seen some wild Christians. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I love Jesus, but I'm not that happy. And then I became one of those Christians. And now I'm like, oh, I get you. Let's high five. Like, I see you. There's still some that'll outdo me, and I'm okay with that. Stay in your lane. So, but 
Um, you know, uh, so that's, that's been good. That's been, that's been good for me to be up here doing that. And um, I had that revelation a while back. And, and it's fitting because today I want to talk to you guys about the relevance of revelation. That's the blood of the lamb and the testimony of the people. We're overcomers. I hope you know that. you got to believe that. you got to believe that because um, we can't be going to church on a Sunday for an hour and a half and then go home and wonder why our life is still crumbling and still broken and we can't figure it out because I went to church. I did my duties. I did communion. It was a great time and I get home and, and I'm living like hell Monday through Saturday and I don't understand why because it's deeper than that. It's because you have to believe you're a child of God. You have to believe what the Bible says. I choose to believe. He says that all scripture is useful. Right there, just right there is good enough for me. But then he goes for teaching and preaching and correction and reproof. And it goes on. He says all scripture is useful. But sometimes we just take a little bit of it because it fits the lifestyle we're living. And we sit in this place of I'm comfortable. But God didn't call us to be comfortable. And sometimes it's like I'm too young or I'm too old. If you read the Bible, some of them didn't start their ministries till they were 80. Till they were 80. And you're like, I don't believe that. Well, then that's a whole different sermon, and we need to talk about that because you have to believe it all or don't believe any of it. I choose to believe the whole counsel of God. That's, call me crazy for choosing to believe the entire Bible, as wild as it can sound, but they said have childlike faith. And that means a child can have an imagination, right? Not one that it exalts itself above the knowledge of God, but one that is open to the knowledge of God so that you can say, well, doesn't make sense to me, but I'll believe that. And, and, and so, you know, what is a revelation? Why is it important? You know, releva- re- I'll get it. I'll get it. Revelation, it's not only relevant for us as believers today, but it's necessary. Um, we can't just have Christians walking around talking about what happened and not what's happening. You know, God didn't quit talking to us 2,000 years ago. And, and I, for one, have seen too much to be talked out of knowing what I know about God and what he does. I can't be talked out of it. I can't. I see God do crazy stuff in my life. That is, there's no way that's the devil. There's no way. God is doing mighty things and he's moving and he wants his people to be in tuned and receptive to that. We need a revelation. Um, we had it up here. I think they moved it out there, but right there, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What else could that mean except that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? He's the same in the Old Testament, same in the New Testament. He's still moving. The book of Acts didn't quit. It abruptly stopped because we're carrying it on. We need to keep walking. A revelation is a surprising and previously unknown fact, especially one that is made known in a dramatic way. Example, Paul on the road to Damascus got knocked off his high horse. He had a revelation. He physically got blinded and spiritual eyes opened. We need some physical blinding around the church so some spiritual eyes can open in Jesus' name. We need a revelation. We can't walk around believing in a God that is powerless. What are we doing when we do that? What are we really doing? We're wearing crosses and we're, and we're high-fiving and we're all comfortable in the church. But he said, go out into all the world. What does that mean? We're in this book, we're not in the Middle East. We're not over there. We're over here. Go out into all the world is your workplace. Go out into all the world is the park. And it's, it's, it's wherever you are that believers are not. Or, yeah, yeah, because they're unbelievers. Yeah, you've got to go to those places. 
and, and be the light. And so um, Revelation's important in the fact that when we are connected to God and we are following a John 15 model, as we abide in him and him in us, we shall bear much fruit. We're going to understand that we need revelation to navigate the things that life will throw at us. God will bring Revelation in the wisdom or in the form of wisdom for a situation, in the form of awareness to various things. Revelation allows us to be led by the Spirit of God and not by the flesh. Jesus said in John 5 and 19, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. And then he said, We are made in the image of God. So whatever he's doing, we should be doing likewise. Right. John first John two, six. If anyone claims to abide in God, they ought to live as Jesus live. Right. Right. All right. John 12 and 49, he says, I have not spoken on my own, but the father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. Listen, sometimes it's scary in this world to go out, especially as a Christian. Um, The misrepresentation in the world of Christians has caused a lot of people to make it a personal thing. We don't talk about that. That's that. This is my belief. Well, it is your belief, but 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 also your love for your football team is too. But you wear a jersey, so so you can't tell nobody about Jesus because they may get mad. Dude, I'm way past that. I'm way past that because you can do what you want, but I got to get my. I got to get your blood off my hands. I got to tell people about Jesus. And when you have a revelation that God is with you everywhere you go, you're going to be empowered to walk and do those things because you're not scared of man, because you're walking according to the spirit. We need a revelation. The world is looking for a revolution, but the church needs a revelation. We are going to everyone and everything but God for the solution. But his solution, it's right here. It may not be in black and white and plain and simple, and that's how some people justify what they do and how they live. But if you read it and and you you get filled with God's spirit, the Bible says that he will lead you and guide you in all truth and understanding. So it may not be simple right here, but the answer is here, that you get into the word so the word will get into you. I want to tell you a story. Um, I'll butcher it a little bit, I'm sure, but that's all right. It was a long time ago. Uh, So there was these... There was this, it was like an African, um, what is that, like a, a wildlife preserve they had built, and they were trying to rescue animals that had been poached and, and were getting poached and all that, and so they wanted to go out there. And, and so what they had done is they had got this call over a radio about some poachers who were taking out a herd of elephants. And in that, they had taken out, like, all the parents to get their husks and all that stuff. Well, through searching... They ended up finding a whole bunch of these babies, little baby elephants. That's cute. So they bring these elephants back. They get them in this preserve, right? And they're going to raise them up to a certain age and a certain you know, weight or whatever they do uh, before they try and let them back out into the wild. I don't know how that works, but what I know is they brought them into these cages, and they were decent-sized you know, cages. They looked like the surroundings. They, they, they made them as comfortable as possible to nurse them back to life. And so... But in that, because of some of the elements in the cage, they they were so young, they didn't want them to hurt themselves, so they put this big post right in the middle of the cage. And they had a pretty lengthy chain on it, and it clamped to the post and to the elephant's foot. So the elephant could only go so far. And so over time, 
the elephant just de developed that, that level of comfort, I know my limits. I can go this far. I can do, and just got comfortable around that, okay? Because sometimes you get comfortable around your limits that you develop. And so over time, they were excited. They're ready. Their release date was coming. They, you know, they made it a thing. They had some people coming in. It, it was this whole thing, and they were excited for it. So they, they get there, and they, they get the cage open, right? They're all cheering. They take the elephant off of the clamp, and the elephant goes as far as where the chain stopped and didn't go anywhere. So the elephant goes the other way, and he stops at the same length. He couldn't get past what he knew. God needs us to get past what we think we know. He, there was a door open. Freedom was open. Jesus says, I'm the door. And, and the door is open, but some of us have been chained for so long to what we know, for so long to what we learned and, and what we believe is life that we, we, we can't go past the, the capacity of our understanding. The church needs a revelation. We need a revelation. And, and, and it's so important because... The world is, they're after authentic. And when it comes to faith, authentic will be found in your actions. Right. Not just in your words. Everybody's talking. In fact, they were talking so much that Paul said, when I come, I'm going to test these super apostles in Corinthians. He said, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but it's a matter of power. Because everywhere they went, Power followed them, not for the sake of anything other than God being displayed through them. We are vessels, agents of change, and God wants to flow through us to touch people around us. Everywhere you read about in the New Testament, it was a show and tell gospel. An epiphany for some people. It was a show and tell gospel or a tell and show gospel. Everywhere they went, miracles would happen. Let me tell you about the miracle. Oh, you need a miracle? Let's have it and let's talk about it. And, and that's what went on. And because of so many messed up things that have happened in the history of the church, and because of teaching in the church, and because of all these other elements and being comfortable, we're kind of shutting down what God never said to shut down. We're not supposed to be pilot-like Christians, light-switch Christians. Every day is supposed to be Sunday, S-U-N, S-O-N, Sunday. Every day, everywhere we go. And we need you to I need you to realize that because that is super important. Um, you know, John 16 and 13 says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Go ahead and throw up slide one for me, brother. Knowledge without revelation is powerless. It's great to have knowledge, of course. You study the Bible. I get that. But when you don't have a revelation of what that means, when you can read this and, and you don't understand that you're a disciple and that you can do these things, you need a revelation because this knowledge without a revelation is powerless. The Bible says that spiritual things cannot be understood by the natural mind. So you need to get filled with the Spirit of God so you can do these things, so you can actually feel God. And I don't mean in some weird way. It's, it's just about a balanced belief system. And, and so... I've read this before, and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I can understand basic stuff because it's in my language. But the deeper things, Jesus said, let those who have an ear hear 
right? That means I want you to go a little deeper than what I'm saying on the surface level. I need you to really seek an understanding. And so we, we need a revelation that's going to take us beyond the knowledge. The Pharisees had knowledge. And then John and Peter come before him and he says these unlearned men who didn't have knowledge, he could tell they'd been with Jesus. Right. Not because they ran and got an education real quick and Jesus laid hands and that was because they had walked with Jesus and they had a revelation. They had an understanding that the Pharisees couldn't even make sense of. Jesus is in there asking them questions at 12 that were blowing their minds because he's connected with the Father. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to look all wild like me. That's fine. But be excited about Jesus. That's all I'm saying. You can be effective wherever you're at. You can be effective in a disability. You can be effective in, in, you know, a, a job that you don't think you're really anybody in, right? Sometimes you have those jobs and you feel like you're a nobody. They feel like you're overlooked, right? Underappreciated. You can still be the light. You have to remember you can still be the light. We need light in this time. Because, because of the darkness, we need to be like those bug zappers, right? Where you can see them when it's pitch dark out in the country. You got those bug zappers. It attracts. Let them get zapped with the Holy Ghost. Let them get zapped and filled up with Jesus. <laughs> Mess around and change your life. I promise you. I promise you. I couldn't stop drinking my whole life. I could not stop drinking. There was not a wrong time for me to drink. Every time was a good time. It was 5 o'clock every minute of every day. I drank like a fish, and I always told myself I would stop. I always told myself I was done. Some of that was from court-appointed things, and some of that was because my wife was going to leave me, and all these different things. And then one day, one day, I decided to surrender and submit to God. And I heard the same thing I'd been saying all this time, you're done. I told myself, you're done. But this time, when I heard the you're done, there was a peace that surpasses understanding. A peace that the heart gets, but the mind can't explain. That came into me. And all of a sudden, I wasn't walking by the beer aisles anymore. I wasn't driving by the bar. I wasn't sitting in my car with a fifth of vodka debating stuff. All of a sudden, I realized I was set free for real, for real free. I got what some of these people were saying, and I understood that it is the power of God that sets people free, that it's not just coming here and clapping and high-fiving, and all that's fun, of course, but it's actually the real power of God. But you need a revelation of that. You need a revelation of that. And, and in that revelation, you're going to need some tough skin. You're going to need some tough skin. Because you're going to have people leave your life. People you would never expect to leave your life will disappear the minute you get on your little Jesus trip. That's their words, not mine. And, and, and they'll leave. And they'll say that's weird. And they'll say that's wrong. And they'll say, who are you to say? There's only one way. And I didn't say it. Jesus did. And I chose to believe it. And, and so I'm going to live like that. And, and I would encourage you guys to live like that, to seek him for everything he is. He says, you know, that he's at the door of your heart and he's knocking. And that whoever answers, he'll enter in and he'll break bread with you. Don't, let, don't lose sight of that. Don't let my passion stop your pursuit. This is what it looks like for me. I'm excited about what Jesus does. I, I'm like this all the time. Amen. <laughs> I'm silly all the time. It's a little much. I've had my little moments, but listen, I, I am. I, I don't know anything else. I've come too far. I'm all in. You know, Jesus said you're with me or you're against me. You gather or you scatter. But a lot of us, we're living in that in-between because that's comfortable. We can't do that. That's why we need a revelation of who God is and who he says we are. And it's all right that some people won't like this. I can't preach anything else. This is what God gave me to preach. 
So when you're submitted to God and you're surrendered to God and, and you're doing and, and you want to walk in whatever he's called you to do, maybe you don't know. Let's pray about that. Maybe you're not sure what God has called you to do because I think there's this confusion that if I'm called, quote unquote, that means I got to do something in the church. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You could do some stuff in the church. We're always looking for some people to help in the church if you're called for some help. But, but your calling could be in an office. God needs you there where Christians aren't. Okay? I know people that work in bars. God needs you there too. They're not even drinking, but they're in there and they're being the light. I don't know how, but that's not between me and them. That's between them and God. And, and, and we can't be scared to get our hands dirty when he said go into all the world. He didn't say go into the places that are clean cut. He said go into all the world. I like going over to the lettered streets where they have like 30 overdoses a month. Yeah, but we don't hear about that because that's not the agenda. That's not important. We don't hear about them because after all, they did it to their self. What? Maybe they did, but get a revelation. Like, God saved you out of your nonsense. Let's help some other people. All, the point is your calling. What's your calling? So, put up that other slide for me, brother. When you're walking in the calling, you're all in. All in. The C is Christ. The G is God. The beginning and the end. The author and the finisher. You are all in. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. And I, there's an imbalance because sometimes we seek all the things that will be added unto us. And if we get them, we're going to seek kingdom of God and his righteousness. Can't do that. doesn't work that way. God wants you fully surrendered and submitted. I've never been more blessed in my life and had less than this time in my life. That's crazy talk. Financially, um, just with the support from my family. And I think that we need to get that. We need to understand that. We need to live in that because that is so important. Uh, Pastor Ben said it a couple weeks back. He said, you are the church. You are the church. In the book of Acts, we read um, when the persecution is increasing in the book of Acts, it says that the churches were scattered. No, they didn't come together and tear down the synagogues and all take a piece and run. The churches were scattered. The people, Paul said, don't you know your body is a temple? Don't let us preach the Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Holy Bible's good, but it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit because he empowers us to live this life. And you can't let other people's fears keep you from living and seeking out God. You're going to have opposition. You're going to have problems. And, and if you can just seek God in those times, I'm telling you, things will shift. Things will change. Things will break off. I'm telling you. My mom. Hey, mom. My mom, she wasn't really sure what she believed about healing because she came up, you know, 60s, 70s, and they had some of these evangelists and stuff that they, they got proved that they were setting up miracles. They weren't really miracles and all this hurt in the church and that kind of stuff. So she left that. She strayed away from that. But here I am. I get people praying. Some of them are in here. And, and people laid hands on me. And my stage four cancer left my body. And I, I was, yeah, yeah, brother, praise God. Yes, praise God. Praise God. It left my body. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't living for God. I was barely going to church because I was hungover or smoking. And I didn't want to go to church. I didn't think that's where I could go. I felt convicted. 
And so I didn't go a lot. And my dad said, come, the pastor doesn't care. He just wants to lay hands. And they did. And they prayed. I didn't know what I believed or didn't believe. But I knew if any time is a time to figure out if God is real, this would be a good time. I got three months. The clock's running out. Let's get to it. And so we did. And then, you know, a few days later, we go into the doctor to get a blood test before I go up to Huntsman Cancer Institute to get a, whatever it's called, bone marrow transplant, which I only had a 10% chance of surviving anyway. Um, I go in there, and he is baffled. And he says, it's... I can't figure Yeah. He said, you know what? First thing I got to say is you must have a lot of prayers out there. A scientific doctor said, you must have a lot of prayers out there for you uh, because you went from stage four of chronic leukemia to a complete remission, like a remission we cannot detect in a two-week period. And that broke off something in my life. I realized that God does move today. So my mom had wrenched her back, and she was, she was walking around all just messed up and just... Uh, she was hating life. That's what she was doing. She was hating life. I said, Mom, come here. Let's pray for you. And, you know, because I'm her son, she's like, oh, okay, yeah. Come on, honey. Let's, let's pray. I'm cool with it. You know, whatever. I don't think she thought anything would happen. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen or not happen, but I had witnessed what happened to me, right? And so he said, greater things will you do because I'm going to the Father. All right. So we laid hands on her back, my wife and I, right there in our old house. And we just declared that back be healed and pain-free in the name of Jesus. And she stood straight up. And she moved, and she couldn't hurt her back. She was trying. She couldn't hurt her back because it was gone. Because what she didn't understand now became understood because she had a revelation in a moment of time that changed the course of how she viewed God. And if you have a genuine encounter with God, one good one, one good one, it can change the course of your perspective on life forever. And and we need that because we have broken, hurting people coming here. I'm one of them. I, I break a lot. I feel conviction heavy a lot. I don't feel like I should be up here preaching a lot. But God said, I've called you and I've called them and you're going to do what I said you're going to do because like Paul, my grace is sufficient for you to walk out the life I have you to walk. Do you believe that his grace is sufficient for you guys to walk out the life? You online, do you believe that his grace is sufficient for you to walk this out. Because if you don't, you need to believe it. God is too good to be kept inside the walls of this church. Amen. He really is. He's too good for that. And so I really hope that you guys um, can be encouraged to just do something. To, to be the church. To seek God. To be a teacher. Right? Great leaders are great followers. Great leaders are great followers because they, these leaders that have opened these multi-billion dollar corporations, they have things they follow, structures, plans. You have these motivational speakers, right? They don't get to where they're at just sitting around. They have a plan. They have a paradigm of thinking. Paul, the apostle Paul, was a great leader, and he said, follow me as I follow Christ. So when we're following Christ, people are going to be attracted to that. They're going to be attracted to Jesus. And, and so all of us in some capacity are called to be leaders, whether it's in your house or maybe you're a manager at a place. We're called to be leaders. We're called to do that stuff. And I hope that you guys, I hope that you guys will do that because I know I need to do it. I need to step up my game. 
Um, you know, it's, it's that end time stuff, that first Timothy thing, you know, that's going on where people are going to be lovers of themselves and not lovers of God. Right. They're going to they're going to deny his power, but they're going to claim to have knowledge and take on that form of godliness. Right. They're going to do that stuff. They're going to take teachers, you know, unto them that will tickle their ears and tell them what they want to hear because they are not going to be told what they need to hear. Because you lose people when the church talks about sin and hell and repentance and you can't live that way. And I don't care how you were born. You've got to be reborn to enter the kingdom of God. Now everybody's mad about it. That's tough because this is the Bible. This is the word of God. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He's trying to help you. He's trying to save you from you. He's not like, oh, you can't have fun, right? He's like, you can eat food, but just don't be a glutton. Don't overeat. I'm trying to help you, right? That's just one example. So I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just saying, but when we have a revelation that God is for us and not against us, we'll begin to be okay with that stuff. And it's not easy. There's plenty of things I didn't want to stop doing initially. But I have to. If I love God, I'll keep his commandments. There's grace. Don't, don't get me wrong. There's grace, but grace empowers transformation, but does not give you a license to sin. You can't be doing the same thing for 20 years talking about grace. No, that's not grace anymore. That's a justified lifestyle. We can't do that. And so we got to get a revelation of who God is and what he wants to do in our life. And when you get that, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he's a chain breaker. He's an absolute chain breaker. Can I have the worship team come up here for me for a minute? Hmm. I thank God for the revelation he gives me. I thank God for what he does every day in my life. Every single day in my life. And I pray that you guys do the same. before I close out I just wanted to tell you something my wife and I we run a group here called The Landing Place it's a restoration and recovery ministry on Tuesday nights and uh, the other week we were talking about diamonds in the dirt and, and how sometimes people feel like they're the dirt in society and I talked to him and I said that you know diamonds like are carbon and they're formed out of immense pressure and immense heat some of us are under a lot of pressure and we feel like we're going through the fire. But he says, endure till the end to receive the crown of life. Make it through. Sometimes God won't take you around. He'll take you through. And you go through that and then all of a sudden your hurt becomes someone else's help because you can take them through what you've been through. And so we sat and we talked to people and we let them know, you know what? You are not the dirt on society's feet, but you're the diamond in God's eye. And don't you ever forget that. Don't let the tattoos, I got them too. Don't let the tattoos stop you from, from seeking God. Don't let religious people stop you from seeking God. Don't let offended and bitter people stop you from seeking God. Because if he's love, he's love. Or he isn't. But he's not both. He's not kind of. He's all or he's none. And so we told them that they are, they are diamonds in the dirt and that whatever they're going through God can take it and he can turn it around and he can use it for the good and I'm a walking testimony to that I promise you I was a mess and a wreck and it was ridiculous so lost but now I'm so found 
and, and no matter where you're at in your life, maybe you've been doing this thing a long time, right? I've been a Christian 40 years. Yeah, but have you been a believer for 40 years? That's different. Have you walked it though? Have you lived it? Have you all in? And if you have, great. It's not a knock on anybody. But if you haven't, it's never too late. Don't let pride and ego stop you from starting now. We're gonna, they're gonna begin to sing that song again. And I know we have some prayer warriors up in here that would probably not mind coming up to pray for some people. So whatever you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something. Whatever you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. This is a time where it's really between you and God. And whoever's praying for you, they're really just an instrument of his use. They're just a vessel. This isn't about whether they know you or don't know you or discomfort. Come up and get some prayer. Maybe you've been to church, but you're really not saved. That's possible. I went to church a lot and I wasn't saved. I just went there. So whatever you need prayer for, we want to pray for you. This is supposed to be a place of, of this is supposed to be family. This is supposed to be where we work things out and figure it out, and then we go out there and we represent him well. But in here, it's going to be what it's going to be, and we need to come together as broken people, a mess and a wreck, and, and get some reconciliation, get some repentance, whatever we need. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you didn't get a chance to give already, you can send a text message with a cash amount to the phone number 84321. Remember, the mission field is all around you. So go in the power of Jesus and bring that transformation for his glory.